This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Yeah. All the people. You know, it's, it's amazing that on a Sunday, is this thing giving a bit feedback? Um, it's amazing on a Sunday we have more than 150 people serving in church. Coming here from 7 a.m., locking, unlocking till late tonight. So if you if you are not part of that, you're missing out, because serving is the greatest virtue in of Christianity. Um, it's the greatest blessing to be able to serve. And I'm going to switch over to this thing now. But we we want to we want to thank everyone that that is serving. But we also want to appeal to you now, Josh. Where's Josh? Josh was like climbing up that thing with a rope to take down the projector because it needs to be serviced this morning. So when I came in here, he was hanging onto that thing with one rope and Greg was holding this one rope. I said, that's really trust. Yeah, <laughs> it's like amazing. Oh, we'll, we'll put the photo on Facebook, but he was there hanging that thing like you're risking your life for Jesus. I mean, but um, so so what are we we're saying? If you, if you really want to be part of a community, it means that you and I need to serve somewhere. Um, not just be a consumer and um, so if you want to serve if you want to be trained as a sound man or if you just want to come early to pray that's where real community happens is when we we serve together it's not just when we come and we worship and experience the the Lord that's great Uh, but there's a there's a position there's a place for us so I want to encourage you write your name on the whatsapp groups there's a stuff where you can volunteer and especially in the next couple of weeks then most students leave then we're sitting on skeleton staff. We have a church in the morning of about more than 100 kids in the children's church. And we have set up of Afrikaans servers and sound and stuff. It's so many things are happening. But we want to ask your help. But also, hey, it's a blessing to serve. So if you want to sign up, sign up in the foyer. Just give your name, especially if you're going to be a year over the holidays. Um, let's not wait for a list to do something. Let's really be part of what God is doing. I mean, there's somebody that prayed oh, back out that chair that you're sitting on. There's somebody that prayed over that chair that you're sitting on. There's somebody that made, made coffee. There's people at the back here. It is just crazy. Somebody hang that banner up there on a scaffolding while we were all sitting at home and um, thinking, is it, is it skew? Is it not skew? It's not skew. I mean, okay. Okay, we're going to finish tonight on a series on the two trees in the garden. And um, tonight I left my snore on this week, not because of November, but because it's a bit of a tough one. But I'm going to speak it as it is, so hold your horses, um, because I'm going to confront something not, not to be like, hey, let's, um, let's be weird or let's be confrontational. I don't like confrontation, but the word will sometimes... Um, not be a butter knife it will be a bit of a of a, of a sword and it cuts and um, and the reason for that and the reason for truth is simply because the truth will set us free the truth will sometimes not make you feel easy so don't just go to a place or to a church where you feel easy all the time you you, you need to go and say sure how do I change how do I grow so we spoke about this whole idea of identity and uh, we started in the the 
the book of Genesis, uh, Genesis, okay, not Genesis, somebody once did a whole sermon on Genesis, and I thought, where, what is he speaking about, but Genesis, but um, on Genesis, on these two trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And so the world puts another identity on us, and it's a false identity. It's an identity determined by the things that happens on the outside. And we saw after Adam and Eve sinned, what happened is they tried to cover themselves, they tried to hide from God. There was a lot of stuff that happened. And so that's our first reaction, is to try and do something on the outside to give us an identity. So on that first slide, it says that the key to real wholeness is our identity in Christ, who we are and who we become. And the world's identity says, hey, my power, my position, my wealth, my appearance, my recognition, my accomplishment, what I do is who I am. Well, God says, no, it's completely different. And so then we started to walk down this road together of seeing, hey, there's, there's a fear, there's an intimidation. And even Jesus was challenged with his identity, with certain labels that was put on him. And then we looked at the Father's heart and realized that your identity primarily comes from your relationship with your father, your earthly father. And it, therefore, if it was lost or it was broken down, then what happens is you need to find your identity with God, as a child of God. Then Pastor Heinrich last week just spoke so amazingly about our identity and culture. Culture, the, the way we grew, grew up, the things that were said, the environment that we grow up determines a lot of how we feel and how we respond, you know, um, and how we think about ourselves. And therefore we need a redemption of our cultures. There's beautiful stuff in every culture, but there's also very bad stuff in every culture. Um, and therefore we need a Christian culture, we need a biblical way of living. We need to say, I'm a citizen of heaven before I'm a citizen of somebody or something here on earth. So now we're going to go to the core of this thing that happened in the garden, because they chose the wrong tree. They, they chose the tree of knowledge of good and evil versus the tree of life. And the, the temptation that Satan brought was simply on something Satan said to, to Adam and Eve, look here, if you're going to eat of this other tree, this tree of knowledge of good and evil, what is going to be the result is you are going to become like God. So Adam and Eve wanted to be like God. And they felt restless with the role God gave them and they wanted his role. And Satan was also thrown out of heaven. Do you know Satan was the worship leader? <laughs> In heaven, he was one of the archangels. And then he realized like, wow, all this worship that goes to God, I want that. I want the roles to switch. So what's going to happen is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal the worship. I'm going to try to take the worship. And so God had to throw him out of heaven. And now the same temptation comes to Adam and Eve, to mankind. He says, do you know what? Why do you just want to be normal? Why do you just want to be you? That's boring. Be special. Be like God. And that's why pride came in. And that's the root of pride. And that's why man falls. And that's why we make mistakes. So it's very disrespectful towards them to actually tell God, God, we want to be like you. I want to be like God. And that's what's happening in the world today. So many people are saying there is no God. And what you're saying by that, if you say you're an atheist today, there is no God, you actually just say, I am God. I am in control of my life. I'm the one at the center of worship and of making decisions. I'm not going to be accountable to anybody else. That's atheism. Or maybe you're an agnostic and you say, oh, there is a God, but you know what? 
I'm still the center of my life. Or maybe you're very selfish. But so, so the world is moving towards this false identity. And, and the Bible says the whole world is lying under the sway of the evil one. But let's jump into Colossians. We're doing a series in the morning on the book of Ephesians. Do, do you still like my snore? Some of you look very tense. It's November. They say I look like a traffic cop. But I'm actually friendly. The other day I just climbed out of the, the car and then everybody stopped and I realized like, whoa, it's authority. But so Colossians 2 verse 6 to 10, it says, as you therefore have received Christ. Now Ephesians, we're looking, we're looking at a, the book of Ephesians in the morning for six weeks. Ephesians talks about our identity in Christ, our, our gifts, the possessions we get from Christ, our position in Christ, the role of the church to unite everything in Christ. Now Ephesians and Colossians go together. Colossians is almost the overflow of Ephesians. And there are many scriptures in Colossians that are exactly the same like we find in the book of Ephesians. But Colossians, before um, Paul writes and he writes about uh, baptism from verse 10 onwards, he has this tremendous statement. In verse 6 it says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding it with thanksgiving. Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. It is a mouthful, but it is so profound when it comes to our identity. He says, you have received Christ, He's Lord of your life. Now what you need to do, because you have the position, now you have to learn to walk in Him. And you have to be built up in Him. And you have to be planted, rooted, and built up. So first you walk in Him, then you need to be rooted, and you need to be built up in Him, so that you can be established in the faith. It says, as you've been taught, as we've been sharing all these truths with you, you need to learn to do these things. And the way, the thing that opens the door is when you abound in thanksgiving. So this morning in chapter 2, we looked in Ephesians, and he says, well, the outflow of your life is realizing that I wasn't somebody that was sick, and then I went to the hospital, and Jesus did a little fix on me. He did a small operation, I walked up, and now I'm a better person. Scripture says, I was dead in my trespasses and my sins. But now Christ has made me alive. He's raised me up and He's seated me with Christ in heavenly places. If you and I don't realize that before you knew Christ, you were dead. I was dead. Dead, deader, deadster. Do it, do it, do it, Can I mean so? It's near. I was completely dead. I was dead in my sins and my trespasses. So when I wake up every morning and I know Christ, then the first thing that should happen is thanksgiving. It's saying, wow, I was once lost, but now I'm found. I was dead. He's made me alive. I've got the greatest gift ever. I am thankful. And that's the barometer of your intimacy with God is whether you're thankful or not. But we're living in a generation that is so thankless. Is that a right English word? Yeah. Hmm? I'm grateful. Yeah, I was just testing you. Hallelujah. My English, 
I saw my English teacher standing before me and says, that's not an English word. Hallelujah. Okay, but in any case, so rooted and built up in him, established. But he says, you are complete in him. Turn to your neighbor and say, you are complete in him. So, so the challenging thing is, there's even a gospel that's being preached that, that gives the Christian a nice self-image. It's like life coaching. Just become a better you. You cannot become a better you. You were dead and now you are alive. There's no in-between. It is not a little operation that happened. You did not know Christ. He's made you alive. And again, amen. And, and I, I, th- I think the challenge is, is we're trying to tell ourselves that we're good people. But we're not good people. I did this in Afrikaans service. But how many of you here have told a lie in your life? How many here have just once taken something of somebody that didn't belong to you? Bernard, we have a bunch of thieves and liars. Yeah, you include it, especially with that pink shorts on of yours. But so, there's a bunch of thieves and liars in this place. Some people looked at their neighbor and said, yeah, I told you so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the pastor is talking about you. Oh, Peter should have been here. Peter should have been in the service. I told him the other day. <laughs> the crazy thing is, in essence, God's standard is perfection. And sin means we've broken his heart and we cannot reach his perfection in ourselves. That's very, very humbling. We're going to look at that a little bit later. But it says you are complete in him. So God gives us certain rights. But there's a world that is working on this one word tonight. If this one word you remember is entitlement. Our rights. John 1 verse 12. It says, but as many as received him, those who received Christ, to them he gave the right to become children of God. To those who believe in his name. Who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. He says, you were born not of blood, not physically, not because just your parents decided or didn't decide, not because of their obedience or disobedience. When you're in Christ, you're born of God. And whoever has been born of God has overcome this world. He's given you the right. God has given you a title, one title, and that is to be a son and a daughter of God. But with that right comes certain things. And that's at the heart of the gospel. It's not a right to just like have a freebie and run around and say, sure. And we saw that this morning that by grace we are saved. That means that it's God's choice. It's his gift. You cannot earn it. You cannot add to it. You cannot be perfect. Jesus Christ gives you an ability to to live in that fullness. But now your response, my response is a response of thankfulness. It's a response of worship. I was dead, but now I am alive. <laughs> I was dead, but now I am alive. <laughs> Listen to this, 1 John 3 verse 1 to 3 says, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. The right to be called a child of God. Do you know what that means? 
The whole of heaven responds. The whole of the earth responds. Is waiting in anticipation for the revelation of the sons and the daughters of God. The fact that you should be called a child of God. Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. Beloved, now we are children of God. And is that not, it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. Now we see just in a, in a glass, in a mirror. We, we don't see everything. But scripture says when he's revealed, when he's going to come. We're going to be changed. And he says, and everyone who has this hope in him the response is purifies himself just as he is pure what is our response is to live in purity to live holy lives to live sanctified lives to live thankful lives in a response to what he's done but see what the devil does is he tries to trick you he tries to trick me and say well no that that is not such a salvation but Paul writes later and he says, don't neglect such a great salvation. Don't let the anchor of your hope go because what's going to happen is the ship is going to drift away. <laughs> and you're going to lose that anchor of your soul. The hope of his calling on your life. The hope of his... Therefore, once you've seen that he's called you to be a child of him and your identity is found in him, what is your response? I purify myself. I, I get rid of all the transgressions and the sins. Transgression is about... Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.